Tales of seduction are very common in the folk tradition, and I'm sure this reflects the realities of life in the past. I've only got to go back a hundred years or so in my own family tree to see quick marriages, early babies, and in one tragic case, the illegitimate child who was born and died in the workhouse to a teenage mother. My name's Jenny Shaw. Welcome to the Handed Down podcast, where we celebrate traditional songs and the people who sing them. On the surface of it, today's song tells a classic story of seduction, but it does have some unusual features. The king returns from Spain to find that his daughter Janet is with child by an unknown man. At first she denies it, but after submitting to a virginity test, which involves standing naked on a stone, she confesses that she was lonely and that she has, after all, been lying with a man, the devastatingly handsome Willie of Winsbury. The king summons this young man and he's ready to hang him. But when Willie arrives at the court, the king is quite honestly bowled over. He expresses his own lust for the young man and immediately forgives his daughter. The two are set to live happily ever after. But there's one further twist. Turning down any kind of honour or dowry, Willie takes his new bride away to his own vast kingdom. So there's a lot to unpack here. One of the pivotal moments in the story is the king's attempts to work out who this unknown man is that's got his daughter pregnant. Where's he from? The king asks his daughter. Is he a nobleman? Someone acceptable as a husband? Or is he one of the Spanish servants? Some unknown foreigner? Someone of low class? It's a crucial question because it determines the man's fate and Janet's too. When the unknown Willie of Winsbury is named, the king's immediate response is that he must be hanged. Janet's baby will have no father. The quest to identify Willie of Winsbury goes beyond the song itself. There have been several attempts to link the song to historical people, and some of them are quite convincing. Deep in the Shropshire countryside, in the Welsh marshes, you can still find Winsbury Farm. It's all that remains of the old settlement of Winsbury, and it covers the site of a castle mott. In the 14th century, it was the home of William de Winsbury and his family. Now, we do know that he and his brother Thomas travelled to Scotland in the 1330s. The King of Scotland at that time was David II, son of Robert the Bruce. At the time William of Winsbury was in Scotland, King David was in exile in France, returning in 1341. We don't know what William got up to in Scotland, but we do know that King David didn't have a daughter. He had no children with either of his two wives or his mistresses, so there was no king's daughter for William to seduce. Perhaps the name of William of Winsbury was passed down in Scotland and linked in some way to an absent king. The song does seem to have its origin in Scotland, although the earliest version on record is over four centuries later, around the mid-1770s, and it's from England. I think it's interesting, though, that some versions give the young man's name as Lord Thomas of Winsbury, the name of the historic William's brother. It fell on a time the proud king of France Went hunting for five months and more 
His daughter fell in love with Thomas of Winsbury. From Scotland was newly come on. In some versions of the song, Lord Thomas is the king's chamberlain and a Scottish landowner. But as you've just heard, this version sets the story in France, and both the king and his daughter are of the French royal family. Found in George Kinloch's ancient Scottish ballads, it seems to have given rise to the tradition that the song is based on a historical romance between a delicate young princess and a Scottish king. James V of Scotland was looking to strengthen the old alliance, an alliance made between Scotland and France in 1295 against England. He planned to do this by the traditional royal strategy of marriage. He had his sights set on a French princess. He came over to France to claim the hand of Mary of Bourbon, but he met and fell deeply in love with another fair rose of France, the daughter of the king himself. Madeleine de Valois was the third daughter of King Francis I. A sickly child from birth, she spent her infancy in the warm and pleasant countryside of the Loire Valley, together with her aunt and one of her sisters. It was only at the age of ten that she rejoined her father, together with his new queen, in Paris. This much we know for certain. But the 16th century chronicler Robert Lindsay has more detail for us. James went in disguise as a servant to take a look at his betrothed, Mary of Bourbon. But although they had some kind of flirtation, exchanging love letters, something went wrong and he quickly moved on. He went to visit King Francis and his family, meeting them in the countryside while they were out on a hunt. We don't know what happened and we don't even know if he was still disguised as a servant. But the result was that Madeline fell so deeply in love with him that she insisted she could marry no one else. James, who must have revealed himself at this point, spoke to her father and the marriage was arranged. The match wasn't without its risks, though. Due to her delicate state of health, her doctors predicted that if she left France, she would not have long to live. So says Robert Lindsay in his chronicle, and it's on the historical record that James did fall deeply in love with Madeline, although by that time she was very ill with tuberculosis. Nonetheless, she was equally enthusiastic about the marriage. They were wed, and when her health allowed, they returned to Scotland, only for her to die six months later, a month before her 17th birthday. She became known as the Summer Queen, and her death set in train the events that would lead to the unification of the English and Scottish thrones, and eventually to the English Civil War. This is the origin of Willie of Winsbury. It has a great person in disguise, a king and his daughter, and a link to Scotland. There may even have been a pregnancy scare if you read between the lines. 
It is a good contender and a great story, but I'm not entirely convinced. The earliest version of the song that we have on record gives the young man a different name altogether. Like Willie of Winsbury, he's an outlander, and he's called Johnny Barbary. Now, the Barbary Coast is an old name for the coast of North Africa, and it's named after the indigenous people, the Berbers. So, calling him Johnny Barbary was just another way of saying Johnny Foreigner. We have our original copy of this version thanks to a correspondence between a parson called Parsons and a parson called Percy. One day, in the 1760s, the Reverend Philip Parsons of Wye in Kent bought a copy of the book Relics of Ancient English Poetry, written by fellow parson Thomas Percy, later to become Bishop Percy. Inspired by the book, Parson Parsons began to collect songs from his own parishioners and he sent them to Percy in a series of extremely polite and, in fact, somewhat obsequious letters. One of these ballads was the first written record of Johnny Barbary and it includes many familiar phrases. Oh, is it by some nobleman or by some man of fame? Or is it by Johnny Barbary that's lately come from Spain? That's lately come from Spain. This version has also travelled. It was popular in Newfoundland. But the tune you've just heard was one of several published by Bertrand Harris Bronson, author of the traditional tunes of the child ballads and the singing tradition of child's popular ballads. He was also the source for the tune to Lord Thomas of Winsbury that you heard earlier. But the tune most often used for Willie of Winsbury in the British and Irish tradition comes from a different song altogether. It's a song called False Food Rage, another Scottish ballad which tells the story of a rivalry between two kings. It involves a hired assassin, a resourceful queen, a bit of baby swapping and eventual revenge. There's loads going on in this ballad and it's lots of fun. But the pairing of its tune with Willie of Winsbury was first made by Andy Irving, who recorded it with Sweeney's Men in 1968. He says it happened by accident, that he turned over the page in his book of child ballads and learned the wrong tune. But if it was a mistake, it was a good one, and the tune stuck throughout many recordings since. On the other hand, False Food Rage is rarely sung, which is quite a shame, I think, as it's a powerful story. The East King and West King and King of Honorary They've courted of a fair young maid all from the North Country King East Muir's courted her for gold, King West Muir for her fee But the King of Honours won her heart his bridal for to be. Since Sweeney's men recorded the song, it had a long and full life in the folk tradition through the 70s and found popularity again in the 90s and right up to the present time. It's hard to pick out favourites, but I do like the classic pentangle version. 
and more recently than that, the version by Anais Mitchell and Jefferson Harmer. Whether it's a retelling of an unorthodox royal courtship or just a fantasy, we can't know. On the one hand, it's a classic song of seduction, but on the other, it does turn out surprisingly well for the woman involved, and that makes it unusual. Janet's a powerful woman in her own right, and she's chosen to sleep with Willie, or Johnny, or whatever he may be called. Just like the song The Jolly Beggar, he reveals himself to be of noble birth at the end of the song, but unlike the hero of that song, he has a noble and beautiful appearance. So much so, in fact, that the king himself is attracted to him. A same-sex attraction is just one of the ways this song surprises us. Another being the rather shocking virginity test that Janet must go through, the one point in the song where she doesn't have a choice. She's made to stand naked before the king and possibly others, which reveals her pregnancy. But why does she have to stand on the stone? I've been looking into that and I'll tell you more after the song. The king had been a prisoner and a prisoner long in Spain and Willie of Winsbury laid long with his daughter at home. What ails you, what ails you, my daughter Janet? Why you look so pale and wan? Have you had any sore sickness? Or have you been sleeping with a man? I have not had any sore sickness, nor yet been sleeping with a man. It is for you, my father dear, who bites so long in Cast off your berry brown gown You stand naked on the stone That I may know you by your shape If you be a maiden or not Then she's cast off her berry brown gown She stood naked on the stone were round, her face was pale and wan. Oh, was it with a lord or a duke or a knight, or a man of birth and fame? Oh, was it with one of my serving men that's lately come out of Spain? It was not with a lord or a duke or a knight Nor a man of birth and fame But it was with Willie of Winsbury I could buy no longer
Stone. Bertrand Harris Bronson suggested that the stone was used in a ritualistic way as a method of testing virginity. I wanted to find out more about this, but I didn't find any sources that don't draw on the song itself as a proof of such a ritual. However, I have found a reference to a medieval Welsh ritual in which a piece of jet stone is set on fire somehow and used to fumigate the woman's nether regions. If she could smell the smoke, she was considered not to be a virgin. This virginity test, like all the others, is brought to you by Bad Women's Anatomy. So I had to Google, does jet go on fire? Which, to be honest, was the least concerning part of my search history that day. But uh, apparently it does, and it burns with a sooty flame and a coal-like smell. Pretty much everything that happened to women in medieval times was problematic. But if there has to be a virginity test, then this is probably the best one to have because, assuming your lady parts remain unscorched, all you have to do is lie. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked it, please do share it on social media and tell others. I make these shows for the love of it and I'll keep doing it as long as people enjoy them. Do follow the show on Twitter at Handed Down Pod and on our new Facebook page, Handed Down Podcast. I'll be back soon with more interviews and storytelling episodes. In the meantime, go to lots of gigs, buy lots of albums and support folk music in any way that you can. And I'll see you soon.